Welcome to NeuroNoodles Neurofeedback Neuropsychology Podcast featuring tech legend Jay Gunkelman. He is the man who has read well over a half a million brain scans. Our goal is to provide information and promote options for better mental health. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. MindMedia.com. Get the latest EEG and neurofeedback technology from MindMedia.com. Their semi-dry sensor cap is a wonder to see, and their EEG amplifiers have been trusted in the field for decades. Their neurofeedback and QEEG courses will get you up to speed in no time. Visit MindMedia.com now. All these mental tests. <laughs> well, and and some of them are archaic. Um, yeah. Uh, though, because they have history of who has what kind of test score, they they kind of yeah. have a, uh, a, a, a some sort of a validity, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily. A level playing field uh, as a scoring system. Um, well, specifically uh, the the Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, I believe he tested poorly in a S two test. Is that right? Is is that yeah, like your which, connection? Which is to a dance? cognitive a cognitive test, and uh, kind of how 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 quickly uh, you can make decisions. Uh, uh, stop and change decisions that that um, mental agility and um, speed so uh, you you can be the biggest and the fastest but if they feel like you're going to be impulsive uh, uh, well what's what's that going to translate into well offsides the disparity in talent is greater in college than is in the NFL. Everybody's yeah. good in the NFL. So the difference, it's faster. So you have to be able to consume that much more information and make decisions quickly. And I guess being a quarterback, you're going to have to process all the things that the defense is showing you. And yeah. this test supposedly is could be a deal breaker. Well, uh, it, it it could be. The, the, the question is... Uh, whether the test itself is, in fact, uh, something that's somewhat valid. Uh, there's sections of the test that uh, test, quote, general knowledge. Well, uh, the, there's uh, 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 cultural and regional uh, general knowledge is different. So that, that's, that has to be looked at a little bit with respect to bias. Um, you mean like uh, the wonder the wonderlick test? Oh uh, yeah, the wonderlick, and okay. and the, especially because there's a personality and motivation uh, assessment within it, and those um, those are essentially prick phrasing. Actually, there's uh, it, there's a prep course uh, like the, like a pre SAT test, you know the. Yeah, you can say take, MCAT. Yeah, you can take the, the you can take the Wonderlick and um, in, in various forms uh, to to see if you can uh, you know pass it fast enough. There's a speed of of answering that's a, there's a pressure 
a time pressure to, to complete the test. Um, so that, you know, they've got uh, practice tests. And uh, so you can go in cold yeah. uh, or you could have spent the, I don't know what the hell it costs, but there's probably a price to pay to good, good jump to change. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, if you've got sponsors and whatnot, you could afford to uh, do these kinds of things, but they, uh, they, uh, the the, the uh, personality and motivation tests will that they the pretest that they have will teach you the logic behind these tricky assessments <laughs> <laughs> and, and and how to avoid the many pitfalls they present. You know, uh, I've helped design uh, tests within the neuroscience world, and one of the things you have to avoid when you create a test is trick questions it can't yeah. be some nuance of the phrasing you know this there's a freaking double, double negative that makes makes it you know it doesn't even make it logical or something so you you, you have to you have to make uh the, the test uh something other than a gotcha um, yeah. um i would personally like to see them assess things with an objective metric uh, using uh, uh, basically neurophysiology, uh, me measurable neurophysiology. Uh, you can have a primed go, no go test and check for omission errors, commission errors, reaction time, variability. Uh, the EEG assessment of it would look for potential paroxysms or uh, areas that might be problematic for the individual. Um, uh, you, you, you would end up having an idea what their background alpha frequency was, which is somewhat proportional to the ability to, uh, you know, semantic and declarative memory. Uh, uh, how, how well are you going to learn? You know, the, the coaches yeah. have coaching sessions and you've got to learn. And, um, uh, uh, if you've got an ADD overlay, um, that can be identified. Uh, so, I, you know, that kind of an assessment where the EEG and the event-related potentials were assessed, uh, I think would give you a, um, a, a non-bias assessment. It, it, there's no uh, 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 racial, no cultural, there's no uh, um, the regional, uh, um, uh, the, yeah. the, you know, uh, a fast reaction time is a fast reaction time. And um, uh, at the same time, if you have a fast reaction time and in a go, no go test, you've got a, an impulsivity where you have commission errors. That's going to be a problem. You know, so uh, the, it, it, you know, they, the ability to assess the uh, actual brain function uh, in an objective way, I think would be uh, very good. And, it gives you a gigantic baseline test, yeah. And, uh, uh, as with respect to any potential concussion, uh, you already have their uh, uh, essentially a CPT task uh, with the EEG being recorded, and uh, th that's uh, that gives you uh, a tremendous amount of information. I wonder if any of these sports agents uh, do this because you know we're talking you know, difference of millions of dollars between each draft slot and these agents 
foot the bill to send these kids to Arizona or Florida to do this training to game the combine to get good stats to get their draft capital up. I wonder what what the agents would if you had a neuro guy there, you would obviously do the EEG and then you would work on the anterior cingulate. I don't know what what <laughs> <laughs> so it depends upon what the person had is. You know, every every phenotype has a has a way to play it. Um, you know, it, it's like poker. You know, yeah. you've got a hand that's been dealt to you genetically, and there's a way to play it. You can win a, a game with a pair of twos, but you got to be damn good at flopping. You know, so <laughs> good timing. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, it, it, if uh, if I might, um, yeah. Uh, what what you could be doing is an event-related potential. And an event-related potential is essentially a, a, a task where you per perceive stimuli and end up having to respond, kind of like an IVA or a TOVA test, only with the brainwaves recorded uh, um, so they can actually see the, the detail of the brain's response and processing. So uh, um, the the... The, and the the overall signal of the event-related potential can be broken down with independent component analysis into normative components where they know the, the proper latency uh, and proper distribution uh, within the brain where it should be happening. This is a visual CPT task at the, the, the early uh, point here at at about 100 milliseconds, um, you get a, a big surge at the back of the head. That's the arrival of the sensory stimulus. Shortly thereafter, you see it being processed in the left and right temporal area you know, to, to kind of figure out what is it and where is it that I, what is it I just saw. Uh, this is an auditory uh, uh, stimulus, and that occurs at the top of the head. Most people think that's kind of a funny spot. You know, auditory cortex is in the temporal area. And why are you looking at the top of the head for the auditory cortex uh, response? Well, the auditory cortex is unfolded into the temporal parietal junction and is not oriented out. The pyramidal cells are oriented up and in. So you, you actually see the summation at the top of the head. Again, at about 100 milliseconds. But once you've got the stimuli and you've figured out what what is the stimuli, what does it mean, then you're either going to have to engage the motor strip, and this is a motor engagement uh, a potential. It's a little bit later than all this assessment. Uh, or you're going to have to inhibit. It could be a no-go, and, and um, you'd have to inhibit it. So the, the go and the no-go are going to identify uh, inattentive or um, or uh, uh, errors of commission, uh, people that are impulsive. And uh, those are uh, two things that are not helpful uh, neurocognitively. So these and these would be very objective. I mean, they're um, the 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 locate the, the the size of the waveform and the location uh, that it should be seen at are all. Uh, uh, seen with age-adjusted uh, uh, normative uh, values, and uh, um, uh, then after you've after you've actually done the go and the no go, and 
all of that. Uh, the signal gets to the front of your head at the anterior cingulate. And at the anterior cingulate, you basically end up uh, uh, holding a model of what you think you should have been doing, the instructions on how to do the, do the test. And uh, if you uh, did well, uh, that, that's, that the signal arrives there. If you have an obsessive compulsive trait, uh, that component's not going to work properly. And you get an error message from the anterior cingulate, even though you've performed perfectly well. So a CPT task, the omissions and commissions and reaction time and variability could be perfect. But if this anterior cingulate component fires off and it's an abnormal component, then what you've got is an anterior cingulate OCD. They perform perfectly, but it's, they, they have an obsessive compulsive trait. And uh, um, uh, the, the, this as a set of tests ends up being absolutely objective. There's no uh, bias one way or another. Uh, it identifies um, uh, both sensory uh, as well as uh, executive uh, components. And um, it gives you a pretty good idea about, again, attentional skill set and impulsivity. Uh, impulsivity is going to be jumping the line, ma making stupid impulsive moves, and uh, inattention is going to be being beat on the line you know, um, missing a cue and uh, and not being as good as uh, at, at learning what the coaches are teaching. So uh, th this kind of an objective measure of the brain's uh, function combined with a QEG assessment uh, to look at the brain's uh, normative function, uh, uh, th those two combined end up giving a, a really good objective measurement of performance, brain performance. And it's not, um, again, uh, trick questions about uh, personality uh, uh, issues, which are, that's a judgment call if there ever was one. For goodness sakes, I sure hell can't talk about personality. So, oh, um, uh, me either, Jay. Now, if, <laughs> this is this is more than just the NFL, right? I mean, if, if a company were smart, some of them are doing it, you know, that yeah. wouldn't you run some future uh, prospects through this to kind of know what you're working with to, uh, and I don't know yeah. if, uh, if confidentiality comes into play, but you need to make sure, like if you do an alpha theta training, get people ready to consume information, to learn about a corporation and how to sell or how to do finance or whatever. Uh, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense for the, the corporations to do something like this? Well, in fact, it's helpful because um, let's say you've got quite a few employees and in order to optimize their performance, you can look at their brain function. And if there's, uh, let, let's say there's somebody that's got uh, excess frontal alpha and they're, they've got a bit of a vigilance or attentional or affective regulatory issue, uh, neurofeedback or DC STEM, there's ways to end up helping your employees' um, mental health or brain function. Uh, a, a, an objective uh, thing, you, you, don't, you don't have to, quote, diagnose, um, it, you know, frontal. Whoever got 
uh, pejorative about frontal alpha. I mean, oh, you've got frontal alpha. Well, so what? Well, it, you've got depression. You've got obsessive compulsive disorder. You've got uh, ADD. I mean, those those have the pejorative uh, implications, and and uh, the the EG uh, finding and and treatment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And basically end up uh, getting past all that. And again, if you've got baseline information, if there's um, a significant change of a, a, a concussion, a blow to the head, um, if there's a, a sudden change in performance, you can look at all of this and try to identify what the issue is. And, you know, uh, one of the things about the EG recording itself is during a 10 minutes of eyes closed, you can do the vigilance regulate. You, you can measure things based on vigilance and assess to a certain extent um, uh, the 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 whether the person is going to be able to maintain uh, vigilant focus across time. Uh, the Europeans have been doing vigilance modeling uh, since Benti in the 1960s, but Gerald Ulrich uh, wrote a book on theoretical interpretation of the EG much more recently, is a retired psychiatrist from Berlin. Uh, um, very classically educated. It's a very, uh, very interesting book. Um, but uh, it, it, you, can, you can actually literally see whether the person can be able to maintain a vigilant focus across time. And uh, there are a lot of people that um, their eyes are uh, closed and uh, they can't maintain an awake state for five minutes. And if you can't stay awake for at least five minutes, you've got a problem with your sleep at night. Sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, uh, circadian rhythm problem. Uh, you're you're making bad sleep habits of some sort. There, uh, you've got to look at at what's going on with your sleep. So you you can end up making an intervention based on the change in performance if you can see uh, uh, suddenly there's a a worsening in their ability to maintain a vigilant state. And all of that's assessed objectively. And the vigilance, there's a vigilance algorithm, a vigil. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's an algorithm that can rate your vigilance level. So it's not, uh, it's not even a judgment call. So. Jay, would you lump this all under peak performance? Um, it, it, it's a, a basic, uh, um, objective performance assessment and, uh, um, it, it allows you to potentially optimize performance if you see, uh, issues, uh, for instance, it, it in, you, you get perfectly good detection of the signal, but you, there's a processing issue in the temporal lobe. And you go back to the EEG and you see, oh, well, there's there's six, seven, eight hertz slow alpha in that temporal lobe. You can train that away and and improve the 
processing of sensory information so that they, the, uh, the timing on your sensory processing is going to end up influencing how quickly you can actually react. Um, uh, um, if you see an excessively sized early component, um, uh, you, you basically have somebody that has an emotional uh, overcharge. Uh, and uh, at that point, you can assess whether the uh, person is uh, is in need of uh, some uh, training on their autonomic nervous system so that they can manage their affect. Um, uh, you don't want somebody kind of losing it on the field, you know. And uh, the pressure of the game has has been known to occasionally have people snap and uh, uh, go at somebody and. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, the, the quote-unquote busts that have happened, it's usually been a quarterback, and it's it hasn't been a physical problem. It's been a, a mental problem Yeah, where the, yeah. they can't make the adjustment. Yeah. And I, you, uh, you can monitor brain function really well. The, the test itself now is uh, capable of being done with dry sensor electrodes very quickly. Um, it, it's not a difficult uh, a procedure uh, for the ERP. Uh, you, you sit in front of a computer screen and click a mouse for about 10, 15, 20 minutes. And uh, so you're, you're in and out on the assessment. It's not something that takes a day. Uh, you, you're in and out within an hour. And um, it, uh, that it, 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 it's... Uh, objective data, and you can be tracked across time to um, to, uh, to see uh, if, if there's a treatment or a training going on to try to improve something. In fact, whether it is improving it or not. And again, back to companies, Jay, these assessment tests that are out there where you create a baseline of, let's just say, quote-unquote, your successful employees, and then everybody that comes in that you recruit – they take this test and it's supposed to say, well, these yeah. people are more likely to be successful. Yeah. I, I've i never seen that. I, I've tried them and I've never <laughs> Should they work? Is that They're, possible? To... All, of, all that kind of stuff is controversial. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a Hagman group in uh, the Silicon Valley that uh, assesses Fortune 500 finalists. Um, if you've got CEO the last two or three people that you're considering for a CEO position at Boeing or some big fortune 500 company, they, they will do an assessment and you know, that you've got to sign off on it. Um, and it, it's um, they, they, they basically give uh, paper and pencil type testing uh, that has had criterion keying on high level executives. And, it's not like they're looking, uh, they, it, it, it's like giving an MMPI, but not using the MMPI scoring. You've got your own score. Uh, you, you've got your own pattern you're looking for. So uh, that, that that's what they've been doing. And uh, obviously that as a company, uh, <laughs> they've done well. So, um, and uh, um, the, it's it's kind of again the criterion keying of um, uh, you've got enough 
successful executives that have been tested to end up having a pattern established. So yeah. uh, it, it's it, it's not a startup. Um, yeah, you know, we 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 think these are the five uh, things that you need to track, and it turns yeah, out yeah, two of them are important, but the others are just random. So well, just like the executives and the players in the NFL, I mean, the difference between you know first place and tenth place is so minuscule. You're looking for that little edge, and I yeah. think that's what they market that will give you an edge. Yeah. So, well, I I proposed the QEGs to the Hagman Group, but their uh, and and their CEO uh, thought it was a, a fabulous insight into the brain function uh, and and the individual's uh, uh, kind of core function. Uh, however, the marketing people thought it was too much like um, uh, um, polygraph, and yeah. Um, and so they thought that there would be some balking um, at, at, at that. Um, the paper and well, pencil stuff, they, they could get away with pretty easily with people signing off on, you know, the, well, you know, you could be the CEO, but you got to take this test, sign here, you know. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a little, a little uh, uh, incentive coercion. Um, uh, but on, I mean, on, a polygraph, that. that's biofeedback, right? <laughs> well, you can do biofeedback to try to beat a polygraph. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, put well, a tack and put a tack in your shoe and step on it to get an emotional response. You know, uh, <laughs> that's uh, all you got to do. All right, duly noted. <laughs> um, you, you can learn to control heart rate and electrodermal responses and uh, uh, all of those things, including pupillometry. Yeah, but it takes feedback. It takes time. You have to learn how to control these things. And, uh, you know, not, you know, who, who's got an, an incentive to spend the time to learn how to control all that kind of stuff? I guess uh, if spies. CIA or something, you know. Yeah. But uh, in the biofeedback, neurofeedback world, uh, uh, Peter Rosenfeld uh, was uh, – a, a doctor who ended up specializing in uh, event-related potentials. And um, he, he went into uh, truth detection, lie detection kind of stuff uh, with ERPs um, uh, and, and, and was involved at a high level with just that kind of uh, uh, spy testing and, and, uh, right. and litigation testing. Uh, you can present a picture and identify whether the person has seen it before. Uh, now, that, if you're going to send somebody on a rocket ship, you know, you want to make sure you got somebody that's all there. So neurofeedback seems to be okay for NASA. Why doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. NASA's in, in been fact, using... let's, let, let's say you take off and, and you got, uh, some gigantic new spaceship and there's 10 people up on Mars all hanging out together and somebody starts to kind of lose it a little bit. Well, you, you know, you've got to have uh, treatment uh, and assessment um, and and the, the EEG assessment and, and you know, uh, blood analysis and everything as well as that, that people would do. But uh, uh, neurofeedback to train somebody how to change brain function. If somebody's having 
extreme anxiety or has become obsessive or something, you, you can actually work on those things. So. Well, by the time the show comes out, the NFL draft will be over and, you know, insert headline here. So-and-so fell. These rumors happened because they didn't test well or they didn't do this. And, you know, because we did the same type of show last year, we're going to do it again next year. Hey, agents out there, <laughs> so get that EG. <laughs> what, what I also, I've got a, uh, you know, I grew up in Fargo, which is North Dakota State University. Uh, and NDSU turns out uh, NFL players. You got a first a, rounder. Who, who's that, Jay? Uh, you know, uh, everybody None. will be able. Everybody will be able to spot him, uh, Todd. <laughs> but he, uh, he, I don't even remember his real name. But uh, he, he has no upper teeth ever since middle school, uh, and he has red, flaming red hair uh, past his shoulders, and he's got a, a great attitude, and he's. Six, six, three, something. I mean, he's a giant of a guy, and he'll he'll be drafted early, probably, and probably will start his first year. He, he's he's been he's played every single position on the line. He's very versatile. People will be able to plug him into an operation real easily, and oh. he's br he's bright and hardworking, and you know he's not full of himself. Um, he, he he grew up in a town a uh, hundred miles outside of Fargo that a town of like a thousand people or something. It's a little, a, a little tiny town. They played nine man football. Yeah. And, um, yeah. He, he played every single sport that there was when it was in season, they would mow the lawn in front of the house into a baseball diamond or a football field or whatever. So um, Co Co Cody mock mock yeah. or, or nud. Is it nud? Tud, Tud, Tud. Okay, yeah. he should go uh, in the first round. He's going to have a nice chunk of change, and and I'm sure he's not going to go crazy with it. I know that <laughs> uh, uh, literally, <laughs> he he's well known uh, uh, as an odd player because the people across from him that he's competing against. When he's face to face with him, he's asking him, "So, how you doing? How's how's the <laughs> how's the corn crop uh, doing uh, this year? Uh, is your 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 family got horses or you know? Yeah. Anyway, he, he he's he chats uh, and yeah. develops relationships with the people that he's banging so hard, so, <laughs> and um, and they." Uh, they picked him up and basically put him in the weight room and he gained size. Uh, he was still well, he was growing. A he, was a, he was a tight end and he put on like, I don't know, 70 pounds in two years or something, some crazy number like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and grew in another inch. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, he's, he's going to be an interesting one to watch, but you know, Trey Lance and Carson Wentz and there, there's yeah. been a, a string of, of, uh, of pros that have spun out of that little tiny, uh, tiny, uh, town uh the the program is extremely well supported um and, won a few uh, national titles there 
nine out of 11 in the last 11 years, nine national titles. Um, yeah, Frisco, Texas is called Fargo South. Um, uh, so that's uh, where, where the, the national title game is played. So anyway. Well, well, we'll, we'll see how North Dakota state does in the draft. We'll see how, uh, Colorado does in the draft with the Deion Sanders uh, yeah. regime c- coming in. So plenty, plenty of people that'll need a, a brain scan in, in, the, um, in the coming weeks. There's other kinds of testing that sometimes are a little bit off as well. Uh, Tara Davis uh, Woodhall. Okay. Uh, 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 national title long jumper. Uh, uh, failed the THC test and was stripped of her national title and everything. Uh, uh, This is something that's weed. Legal in 20 states, uh, 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 probably medically uh, acceptable in maybe a few others, but um, it's time for that to be looked at and um, you know, like it's a performance enhancer for a long jump come on you know and and apparently it wasn't yeah it was like a trace from a a use not an acute getting stoned at the event or something so it and to be stripped of a national title uh that it there's a whole series of people that this is tripped up and it's time for uh that that uh, to be looked at at some point. Well, I think I don't know if this analogy is valid, but popcorn is to dentistry is what weed is to mental health providers. It'll yeah. keep it'll keep everybody busy. Oh, uh, Jake Gunkelman, thank you for another fine episode of the Neuro Noodle Neurofeedback Podcast NFL Special. Day. You too, Jake. <laughs> Say hi to Renita. You got it. Bye bye. Bye bye bye. The NeuroNoodle Podcast is supported by listeners and businesses just like you. MindMedia.com. Get the latest EEG and neurofeedback technology from MindMedia.com. Their semi-dry sensor cap is a wonder to see, and their EEG amplifiers have been trusted in the field for decades. Their neurofeedback and QEEG courses will get you up to speed in no time. Visit MindMedia.com now.